Welcome to the Digital Drummer, Jim Newsom, where Urban Tech Talk on the radio. This is our July 1st edition. We come every other Sunday to you here on Master Grill Radio. Today, we have two special guests. Um, one, we have Serenity, a.k.a. TDB Moore. And Serenity is a, um, I'm going to share everything. You know, we have Serenity. She's an entertainer, motivational speaker. She is a sales rep for Power 92 out of Chicago. And she's a managing member of First Law Network as well as a spokesperson for LGBT support group Safe Zone. And then we also have the most known as the most powerful, one of the most powerful influencers to follow on social media. So write his name down and go after him. <laughs> we got Mr. Norm Bond of Norm Bond and Associates. Norm is an international authority on marketing, sales, corporate diversity, and multicultural issues, and he thrives both in the corporate and urban spaces. So we got a really good show here today, and we're also waiting on our co-host, Mr. Jim Newson, so I'm pretty sure he'll be tuning in soon. And um, I'm going to open up both the lines. We have the caller from the 215-724. How are you, sir? I am good. This is Norm Bond. Happy to be in the digital building. All righty. And I think I just opened up 702. Is that you, Mr. Jim Newson? Yes, this is Jim Newsom signing on. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Now, I also have um, Corla from the 510. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Charnell Harrison. Hi, Charnell. How are you? I'm real well, thank you. Oh, okay, great. Now, I also have Corla from the 973. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, you got uh, Serenity here. How's everybody doing? Hey, how are you? How are you? So you have everybody here for you, Jim. So you want to say anything to welcome our guests or anything? Well, first I want to thank them for their support. Understand that what we're trying to do at the Urban Tech Fair has never been done before. We're trying to create a movement from the bottom up. It's all about you about what you desire or what you see as tech in your community. Okay. Now we have Norm and Serenity on the line. So if we could start, um, we'll start with Serenity, ladies, first. Then we'll go to you, Norm. And, you know, our first question is, and the world wants to know, who is Serenity Moore and who is Norm Bond? Who's the person and what's your claim to fame? You want to take this one, Norma? I got to go first. <laughs> You're going first on this one. Ladies first. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it. Um, well, Serenity is just uh, the average kid from the inner city that made something out of nothing. That's pretty much the bottom line of who Serenity is. I found peace when there was no peace. Entrepreneur, musician, writer, spokesperson, anything I can get my hands on, so. That sounds wonderful. Relative to uh, 
technology, uh, Jackie has been bragging on you. Uh, why don't you tell our um, our audience a little bit about your interests and your accomplishments on the tech side? Well, as far as the tech side, um, to be honest with you, uh, when technology first became the the big thing, I was not into it. I really didn't see where it was going. Uh, but after a few years, I've realized that our entire society relies on technology, whether it's uh, using your microwave down to uh, most people can't function if their cell phone goes dead. You know, they, they start to lose their minds. So we need to begin to educate people on the current technology that we have, the future technology that's um, getting ready to come out so that they can take advantage of it and learn how to also become entrepreneurs within it as well because whenever there's something new to hit the scene, there's more jobs that are readily available. So um, I, I took on the role uh, to bring the Urban Tech Fair to New Jersey, which is something that we will be doing at Essex County College uh, the be- beginning of next year. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my current involvement at this point. Well, as All right. uh, uh, Serene, we'll be getting into the uh, deeper into your uh, background in the entertainment industry, but uh, you've really done some fantastic things. You know this show is about you, so I want you not to be afraid to blow your own horn because that's what the Urban Tech Bear is about, showcasing those people that are doing great things that are in the trenches, doing the hard work right now, people like yourself and my brother Norm. I don't I don't want to toot my own horn, honestly, because uh, to be honest with you, I feel like I haven't done enough. You know, I, I feel like I'm still uh, behind on on the greater picture of what needs to be done, uh, and I'm trying to play catch-up. Yes, I have done a lot of amazing things, and I'm continuously uh, looking for new amazing things to do. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm very humble at this. I'm very appreciative for the opportunities that I have had and the ones that I will have in the future. You know, so I, I I can't really toot my own horn yet. I'm I'm not at that level. <laughs> well, let 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 introduce a co-writer. My brother Norm has not only been tooting his own horn, but half of Black America for at least the last what fifteen twenty years, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And happy to be here and joining the program uh, with these awesome uh, guests and. And, of course, Jackie Taylor, Adam's working hard. Uh, my background, of course, is uh, marketing, promotions, uh, advertising, and getting the word out, particularly focusing on the black community and the global scale. You know, um, a lot of things that we see that happen uh, locally even are duplicated around the globe. So, you know, I have a saying uh, you know, act local, market global, you know, to get folks involved locally and, and, and spread it out around around the world, really. Um, but, yeah, my ba- that's my background. A lot about what I do, particularly, um, you know, for this audience, can be found on normbind.com where, uh, you know, which is a site I've built and has uh, connected to a lot of the other things that I've done. But, you know, my background is in technology and marketing. You know, I work for IBM as a marketing rep. And uh, then I work with Radio One, um, you know, doing doing with radio and and looking at the um, African American market across the U.S. and um, you know, and entrepreneurship, you know, because I think um, 
the economics is important. My undergrad degree is in business and economics, and I have a master's degree in information science. So happy to be here and, and happy to hear about the Urban Tech Fair. I think it brings a lot of key things together for our people. I am so honored to have you on the, um, the show, Norm. I mean, beyond your individual accomplishments as a uh, self-made businessman, the work that you've done with non-profit groups and the work that you've done with the most across the country is just phenomenal. You're known from one end of this land to the other. You have many trophies, and I am one of them. If anybody wants to know about Norm Bond, just look in my direction. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, and I just want to say, I think it's important, you know, that we blow our own horn or others blow our horn because I think that, you know, one of the things is that um, if we don't, other people will claim what we've done. And I think even as a as a people, if we look at the urban community, if you look at the African-American community, um, look broader, that, uh, you know, a lot of things that we do, we don't get credit for, even though like, we are the ones who have done the work, put in the, the hours, and, and come up with the creativity and, and the genius. But often, you know, others will come in and, and take that and, and uh, you know, turn that into uh, billions and now even trillions of dollars. So um, one thing I, I've seen is that um, there's a big need for us to, really, you know, become more assertive and, and claim our, our space on what we have done. So, You know, Norm, I do agree with you on that as far as uh, people coming in and taking ideas and capitalizing off of them. But I would say that if somebody has done something well, when another individual tries to carbon copy that, they will not succeed the way you will. Because though you may be able to mimic something on a smaller scale, you cannot recreate it. You can't recreate someone else's, uh, how you say, creativity, if you want to use that. Um, but, yes, I do agree with you that we must step up and say what it is that we have and what we have accomplished so that others can see that they can do it too. You know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. both of us have um, done, done so many wonderful things that others would only imagine of doing, and this shows them that they can do it, that there are people out there like them that uh, have achieved, and um, they can do it as well, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. That's one of our goals at the Urban Tech Fair is to break down some of those stereotypes and begin to put uh, a black and brown face on technology because we are amazing people doing amazing things. And Norm can quote uh, numbers and statistics at you all day long. I was on a, uh, a Google Plus uh, hangout with him and uh, Chris Curtis and Charles Major. And he, uh, Norm has been doing uh, Google Plus since it first came out. He's got a brand. He's sharing a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of links. I learned a few things. Uh, and the brother's about numbers, he's about reality, he's about practicality and in terms of how you apply tech to our daily lives. Now, I don't want to get too deep into it now because I know that when you start talking about the global <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm going to be good, Jim, I'm going to be good. <laughs> 
So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the uh, the Africa. Uh, let's start with the global side first. Okay, on the Africa. Well, one thing is um, one of the things we got to look at, you know, on the global side is is really looking at how can we get ownership of what we create. And one thing that um, I've been focusing on. Uh, is the business of black hair. I mean, that's something that I was, you know, watching like a lot of people, these BET awards, and I said that a little earlier about um, just with the revenue uh, from the black hair that's being worn at the BET awards, and now you, you could probably feed a, a small country, you know, um, or several, um, because you know that it's tens of thousands of dollars just some individuals are spending, you know, on that hair, particularly not in Hollywood, on a monthly basis. So I'm working with uh, Mama Kosuwa here in Philadelphia. We're working on the uh, the 18th Annual International Locks Conference on natural hair. That's going to be in October. But we're also making plans um, with a uh, sister out of uh, L.A., um, Regina, who started something called um, International Black Heritage Month. So with the black hair, there's, like, so many different angles in it. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about the beauty supply stores, and that's certainly a side of it. Um, there's also, of course, uh, the the uh, cosmetology end of it. There's the retail, there's distribution. And at the end of the day, the consumers for all these products are black people. So when you look at other ethnic groups, they have found a way to really uh, leverage something that they do or concentrate on a particular industry, which blacks really haven't done. And so, uh, you know, we uh, there's some, some of us who feel that this hair, and because there's so much to it, could be a good inroad. So we're looking at connecting the economics around that, the um, holistic health around that, and as well as, um, you know, the whole beauty piece around it. And it is also a global language, and it's something that goes back in our culture for, you know, thousands of years. You know, you can easily trace 5,000 years back and see uh locks and braids and twists being worn by, you know, Africans. So on a global scale, that's one thing I'm working on. On on the domestic side, you know, with the National Alliance of Market Developers, uh, I'm the chairman of that organization, and we have our uh, 61st conference that's going to be in Philadelphia um, in April 2013. So we're planning on that, and that deals with more like the spending power. A lot of information has come out showing that blacks are going to be spending $1.2 trillion dollars um, by 2013, the 16th largest nation, just based on the spending. However, as we know, less than 5% of that money actually recirculates back to the black businesses and the black community. So the idea is how do we then start to create ways to turn more of that money over, help people find black-owned businesses that they can support. You know, And, and, and the last thing I'll, I'll mention is um, – using technology. As you mentioned, Jim, we're doing the, um, the Google Live every Wednesday, and then I'm also doing something through com where I'm helping to teach people how to market using a lot of the, you know, different types of marketing, social media, online marketing, mobile marketing, and so forth. So putting a lot of uh, free content out there to help people get a better grasp on how to market what they do, whether that's a, you know, brick-and-mortar store, a book, an idea, you know, a lot of folks need to understand how to market what it is that, you know, they come up with. So those are some things I'm working on. Just for our, our official records, because this show is archivable and, and available for download on iTunes, can you say the links to the National Association of Marketing Developers and to the uh, 
your uh, your your page again as well. Sure. Uh, the link for the National Alliance of Market Developers would be uh, www.namdntl.org. That'll take you to the national website for the National Alliance of Market Developers. The link for uh, the LOX conference, which I mentioned, is L-O-C-K-S conference.com. I'll take you to the LOX conference. And the link for my the marketing site would be Norm Bond, which is my first and last name, N-R-M-B-O-N-D, markets, M-A-R-K-E-T-S.com. Jackie? Uh, I guess Jackie's doing her dual thing. And she, uh, for those that are online, we also have a chat room going on simultaneously as well as uh, posts that are being put up on this show uh, the, uh, on our Facebook group. So yes. Interactive show. Well, I am back, Tim. I just wanted, uh, we have a caller from the 510 that wanted to speak. So, Hi, this is Chart Charnel from Texas area. And my question is for Serenity. Um, this question is, is in regards to the LGBT world and your entertainment industry. Do you feel like it has been an obstacle thus far to come out to the LGBT world and receive enough um, enough support from the LGBT world? Um, honestly, that is one of my main struggles, uh, being open about my sexuality. But at the end of the day, uh, mainstream America is now seeing the money in our community. And they see there's a lot of us that are uh, becoming business owners, and we're making a name for ourselves on a larger scale, on a global scale. So like any other, you know, smart thing to do, they're jumping on the bandwagon, which is not as, making it not as hard now as it was before. But in addition to that, we have to um, also show that we deserve a place in things. So when we out there, when we do things, that's why everything I do, I take my time with it and I put 100% into it. So when I step out there and they see me, I got to get them to get past that. You know, I have to get them to get past the whole sexuality aspect and look at my professionalism, look at my resume, look at all those different things. So, you know, to answer your question, yes, it is an obstacle. But um, to say that it's something that's big enough to stop me or stop a lot of people that I work with, no, it's not. Obstacles are meant to be overcome, you know, and, and we just have to step up there and, and, and take what's ours, you know, at the end of the day. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, you know, as a community activist, uh, our community serenity, because the work that you're doing in our neighborhoods is very important. I've always said that if they, if they can do to them, they can do to us, and uh, we must recognize all facets of our community whether they be Asian, white, whether they be gay, uh, straight, uh, whether they be uh, Christian, Muslim, we all sit in the same place. We all want the same thing, and we must come together as a community. That's what the Urban Tech Day is about. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I that the Urban Tech Fair event that we are doing here, in Jersey come next year. I think that will show a lot of black unity on all scales, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
Well, if you have the mic right now, is there anything else you want to expound on in terms like give us the links to your uh, organization uh, relative to the uh, listener's question? Well, I mean, if you want to find anything that I'm doing that I'm involved with that uh, my company, First Law Network, is involved in, if you Google Serenity, a.k.a. TDB, everything will show up, all links, all forums, blogs, music, videos, uh, services, products, anything you could think of. If you Google me, all of that will show up. Um, um, now, FYI, just to let everybody know, um, Serenity and Norm, I, I have your links in the chat room. So I had already put up, I put up normbond.com initially, so I have to add Norm Bond Markets. But, and I have oh, your Norm Bond. Com is page. Fine. Okay. Yeah, that's fine because people, you know, I have links like Serenity was saying, also, you know, if people come to my, you know, normbind.com, they'll find links to everything I'm involved with as well. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, and I have Reverb Nation link in the chat room. Yeah. Well, they can find my Twitter, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things. Because that's another thing with technology. It allows you nowadays to link everything. You know, you can have one site and people can go to, you know, any other site that you're involved in, so. Okay, well, real quick, I'm going to play. I got a chance to get one of them uploaded so far, Serenity, while we've been talking. So, um, I, I thought it was Let It Down. It may be. Okay, let, it's Let You Down. So, I'm going to play one of Serenity's songs real quick. We'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll play one of her songs. And then, if you could start us off, Serenity, when we come back, talking about the entertainment industry and um you know you're part as an entertainer All right and then we'll go to norm we want to come back to you talking about some you know specifically about um marketing Nobody saw me coming, they knew not what they talking about Don't understand the struggles you go through in life when coming up Try to knock you down, if they do just keep on getting up Don't try to please nobody cause you're never gonna do enough Yes, things are hard, but it's only meant to make you tough You have to get those lessons, no, it's only gonna build you up So you can see it through, if you ever feel like giving up And when things going good, just tell them break up Yes, 
I boast a little, but that's just what you do. When some won't even help the rest, you don't believe in you. But I still kept it moving. You thought that I would quit. Why would I do that when I know you know that I'm the shit? So why you stare at me in utter shock and disbelief? I, I worked hard, the throne was open, so I thought I'd take a seat. So I enjoy my life, yes, that's how it's supposed to be. And trust I only scratch the surface, you just wait and see. They said that it was easy, the truth, they lied. So I fell and I cried, but I succeeded cause I tried. So let them talk about me, cause all that they can say is how it could have happened, but I still made a way. So if you in the back, make your way to the Alrighty, the lines are back open again. <laughs> so, um, Serenity, you know, um, you know, let us know, let us know about you know the piece you just um did. We just played is a part of an album. Is it you know is it available anywhere right now? Blah blah blah. And then just tell us about you as an entertainer. Um, yes, the song "Let You Down" is available on my June Rush album. It's one of my singles. Um, people can get. June Rush, I come to all of those different places. Also, if I'm performing in your town or city, I'll have them with me. So you can also purchase them from me as well and get autographed posters and things like that. Uh, yes, like I said, the album June Rush is out. Uh, also, I have Two Sides to My Story, which is a free mixtape that I put out. That is available for free. If you hit me up online, you can either download it or I will mail it straight to you uh, for no cost. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it as far as those uh, musical projects. As an artist, uh, I've been performing since I was five. Played seven different instruments. I played a high school band, drum corps, um, jazz bands, things like that. Uh, Could have went to Spelman, had a full scholarship. Uh, didn't want to do that, but <laughs> I had other plans in life. Um, started recording seriously as a major artist about four years ago or so. Um, 
And that's been going well. Uh, I actually have a TV show coming out on VH1 next fall for June Rush. Um, you know, Viacom is, is, is looking out here. Hopefully everything with that continues to go through. Um, I write for a lot of different artists, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it, the performing, everything is going very well, and I'm, I'm very blessed. All right. So, uh, you you true, really truly are an entertainment mogul. <laughs> now, now, Cindy, you know, that sounds like a, a unique mix between uh, house and conscious uh, rap there. Uh, I did a post last week relative to the uh, issue that's going on in Twitter now with Chuck T's views regarding uh, the bastardization of hip-hop with the uh, uh, Niggas in Paris album. And another post came out where they were talking about the gentrification of, uh, of rap and hip-hop. Someone that's active in the, uh, in the industry, what is your opinion about crossword and how it affects the purity of the message? Well, honestly, you know, and I'll say this, Jim, a couple of artists may get mad at me. I am not upset with the music that's out now. The reason being because even back in the day, we had music for different types of people. You had your party music, you had your ignorant music, you had your... We're losing you, Serenity. Uh, can you, you guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Uh, I was saying my issue with music now is the fact that it's not balanced, you know, but that is the consumer's fault. It it doesn't matter how good an artist is, um, what they're saying, how they're portraying it. If the consumers do not buy it, if they do not back it, then, you know, no one else is going to jump on it. Nobody's going to invest in it. It's very costly to put these things out, to make CDs, to make videos, and things like that. So if the consumers are not backing you, then there's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter how good you are. Then on, on, on another level with that, those that's been in the game for a while, when you get blessed with certain things, you're supposed to reach back. You're supposed to help the next person. I do it now, and I haven't even achieved half of what some of these artists have. You know, you're supposed to make the way easier for the next person, but a lot of them won't get out of the way. You know, it's even yeah. like that in the workforce um, outside of, of music. The older generation does not want to get out of the way and do something else so that the younger generation can step up as it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, one thing also, too, is the true, it's a true statement that life imitates art. And what has happened, we've had such negative art put out there for so long that the consumer has been taught how to behave. And so they don't seek more. Like, I'm here in Philly, and you know Philly, Jersey. I mean, Jersey, Philly and Jersey just alone got some of the best music. You can find, you know, your top-charting artists between Philly and Jersey right now. Uh-huh. But yet, how many people you run into have not been to an open mic and just heard good music? They well, don't even know that th- th- those things exist. In Philadelphia, as many of them are, a lot of people don't know you can just go to an open mic. They have, um, I work with Spoken Word, one of my goals is to create, help it make it a viable industry. But the, our first biggest hurdle is people have want a, a linear vision of Spoken Word. And one of the biggest culprits lately has been Love Jones. 
You know, Love Jones has been one of the most hurtful things to spoken word, and it keeps it in the box. So people think that's all it can be, that's all it is, and so we have, you know, have to keep showing. So it's it's a dual effort. Our consumers do have to stop buying, and the parents have to stop making excuses. Say, I well, I buy because of my children. First of all, you don't know between not just music, but those games. Why would any parent buy their child Grand Theft Auto? There's, you know, there's also there's so many levels to also why um, we're at that state, especially in Jersey and Philly area. Like I call Jersey the hater state, and the reason why I say that I love Jersey to death. If you see any of my pictures, videos, anything, I always have on a Newark cat. I always say I'm from Jersey, but we hate too much here. They feel like oh, just because someone else is talented or whatnot, that you can't support them. Like, is enough out here for everybody to do something or, or get something or reap the benefits or the rewards of it. But nobody wants to help the next person because they feel like uh, if they help them, it'll take away from what they're doing. Then on yeah. the other side of that, they feel like, oh, uh, this stuff like going to open mics or doing these showcases are beneath them. Like, they think, oh, because I'm talented that I'm going to meet the right person and the next day my whole life is going to change. It doesn't work that way. You have to gain a certain amount of experience first. You know, how does that look? If if you don't get it now, somebody turns around and says, okay, I'm going to give you $50,000 to do this show, and you give a bad performance because yeah. you don't have the right um, experience to, to be at that kind of level. You know, so they feel like an open mic or a showcase or something is not going to uh, help their career. That's where it needs to start. You need to do as many open mics, as many showcases as possible. And also executives are there. If you think that there aren't high-level executives at these places scouting talent, then you're wrong and you're a fool for believing that because they are there. They want to go to the places where they can see raw talent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the entertainment business. It's set up to entertain. Everything that you see is not what it is. Yeah, there, there definitely should be a balance. And even artists that kind of have so-called made it or gotten there, they need to come back sometime for generational. Like there are some older spoken word artists that can still wipe up the floor with some of these young people. But if these young people aren't in their circle, and a lot of them are in academia, they would never know that these people existed. They would not know, you know, and, you know, it's history. You know, I'm not saying they should be on a circuit, but I just think every so often you need to come back because it's a new crowd of people, and it's, it's kind of how we keep things in form, and you can keep things well-rounded. Hit the mic sometime, you know, even if it's just to give back. You know what, I'm going to hit the mic. Um, you know, a regular where regular everyday people come to. Uh-huh. Just, you artists, know, um, and like a lot of artists, they make these excuses, or especially spoken word artists about, I don't know. I still can't understand why some of these most phenomenal artists have nothing recorded, nothing written, nothing published. Well, but, you know, it's, you know, people don't understand. I just want to make this, these two quick statements. One, for everybody here, the artist is the storyteller and keeper of our culture. The concept and the idea of a starving artist just says there's a lack of community because the community should never allow its artist who keeps its culture to starve. Everybody don't have to be big millionaires, but if anybody you make sure they eat is because they're record, recording your, your culture in the, and, and um, when we're gone, it's the artist that lives on. 
It's the art that lives on, not the artist, but the art. So what they create is going to tell a certain story. And, you know, so that is, you know, the artist is important to the community as a whole. And then also, um, you know, as consumers, we need to be responsible, and artists need to be responsible back to the same community. You have to record. You know, recording things, that's the art. That That's the story that lives on. When we're gone, we're all going to pass on sometime. So it's it's our legacies that we live. So, you know, sometime all that hype and all. And I just say that because I'm known, you know, one of the biggest things with spoken word, I, I, I sometimes I may be in a project area or sometimes I might be with in the president area. I I can be in all different areas, but I know and I hear all different things, but I say, wow, if they could hear this, if I could just get them to hear this, if I could just show them this. And the ones, people that have recorded, I've taken some of their work and played it for some young people, you know, in homes and different things and all, and they actually listen, oh, I like this, who this? If you believe that they also want to consistently hear negative, they want to hear empowerment words. You know, they want to hear just like what Serenity says. So I like to purchase those things and share them. But if you don't ever record it, we can't share it, you know. So there's a responsibility beyond yourself. And I just wanted to share that. I definitely agree with you. Um, Us as artists, we have a great responsibility to the communities because there are thousands of people that listen to us and they follow the things that we say and the things that we do. So we become role models whether we want to or not. You know, mm-hmm. So we have that responsibility to step up there and make sure that, and I'm not going to say all my music is clean cut and uh, happy and fun. I make music for everybody, but all my stuff isn't ignorant. People can gain something from everything I put out, even the most uh, seemingly ignorant tracks. So it has a message in it because uh, if I can reach that particular audience, maybe if I just drop a line in there, they'll catch on to it. Um, and mm-hmm. as you said, well, and, put, and get, holistically, get it out we're human. We're not all one way. That's the whole thing. Our art needs to represent our humanity, which means we can be ignorant sometimes. We can be funny sometimes. We can be conscious sometimes. We can be loving sometimes. We can be haters sometimes. But our art should reflect the whole humanity. And as you well, said, it shouldn't be singular. Let me step in here and kind of flip the script, the script a little bit uh, and bring Norm into the picture because we've had this discussion both on and offline. Uh, the music real quick, Jim, is- before we bring Norm, just real quick, we got a caller from the 732 that's been on hold for a while. And then, Norm, um, we do want to bring you in, and I just want to know if you could bring in – the marketing aspect, like, you know, speaking to artists and consumers as far as the marketing end, what can we do? But caller from the 732, would you like to say something? Caller from the 732. All right, Norm, you go ahead. Okay, on the marketing end, I would say, um, and, I, and I appreciate that question, what can we, we do? Because um, solutions is, I think, the key um, mentality, you know, to work at. And certainly, um, even though I think we have more challenges now than we've had, certainly like in the past 20 years, um, we also have more opportunities as well. I mean, we're using one of them even 
as we speak, you know, using um, you know the, the platform that we're using. Um, in addition, the uh, cell phones, you know, the smartphones that people have today uh, in, in their hand is, is more powerful than the uh, PCs I used to sell when I when I worked for IBM, you know, coming out and, and being a rep, you know, so and they, and they can do more and so forth. So and we've seen them overturn, you know, nations and whatnot. So. I, I think what an artist can do, um, and one thing I advocate is be strategic about what it is that you're trying to do, and that, and that means like knowing what you want, like what are your goals, what are you trying to do, because as you said, uh, if you write things down, uh, it gives you more clarity about what it is, and you can also bring people in. You know, you can share your vision. Um, also, it's, it's uh, the music business, it's the entertainment business. It's two sides. One side is the entertainment, the other side is the business side. And when you look at a lot of the um, the artists who passed on, you know, recently we talked about Whitney Houston, you know, a couple of years ago was Michael Jackson, um, different artists, you know, major artists that also understood the business side of it. And and when you don't understand that uh, that side. Early in your career, you know, mid career, uh, it will hurt you later in career. I, I talk, um, you know, with a lot of artists, and also with, um, you know, a lot of uh, older artists or people on the business side who talk about artists who were who sold millions of, of of copies of their songs or you know gold platinum you know records and whatnot. And now now they're in their sixties and and they're broke. You know, many of them can't get. Um, even eye care, you know, and, and health care and whatnot. So what an artist can do is, like I said, being strategic is saying, you know, understand the business side and, and the longevity and understand uh, building a relationship with your audience. Because and because I think uh, if you can connect to your audience and, and you have your, I'm going to use the marketing word, your brand, if you put those two together, your brand and your audience, then, you know, with the tools today, you can – be successful, you can get your message out there because you're taking your brand, your uniqueness, you're not just a commodity like some of these people. You know, you can't tell one from the other. It's just like a cookie cutter. So if you put your uniqueness out there and you can get to your audience, which is I think what these um, tools today can be used for. you got 800 million people on Facebook or 800 million accounts, I should say, on Facebook, a couple hundred million on Twitter, um, Pinterest, all these different platforms that are potential buyers, your potential audience. They're out there, they're talking, they're engaging. So the point is, as an artist, if you come in, you got your plan, you go to, you know, your audience, and it can be whatever genre, you know, that you want it to be in, you know, but if you're clear on that and you can go into these different platforms, you can siphon out your audience, you now have tools that allow you to distribute your music, well, all types of platforms to distribute your music, and you even have a payment gateway that you can use to get paid, you know, there's more tools in place um, now to get that music out to your audience. You may not be able to get it out in the mass uh, to the mass audience because a lot of this, what we've seen is the, is the commercialization and the concentration really of media. Last year when um, Comcast acquired um, Universal, I mean, what we're seeing is the concentration of even tonight with BET. I mean, it's a joke. I'm mean, just beyond. I hope I don't offend a sponsor, but anyway, it's truth. And that what they've done is, you know, BET, MTV, all of this, all of these brands are now concentrated in the hands of a few media giants who then determine and influence people. So not only do you see them on TV, but you're hearing them on the radio, you're seeing them on print. 
You're seeing them at the events. I mean, look, I mean, there's so much that, that is just showing the concentration of uh, in the hands of a few and is dominating the music scene and, and, and not just music, but games, merchandise, and, and all of that. So to close it out, I'm just saying what that artist can do is be clear, be authentic to who they are, know your audience, have your strategy, build your team, you know, and, and, and get busy. You know, take action. Don't sit back. You know, I love what Serenity is doing. I mean, she's out there. She's using multiple platforms. She's obviously got her her brand. She's pushing. She's got her genre. She's doing, you know, exactly what I'm saying. I think people should model, you know, her behavior. I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you feel us as the consumers? The consumers, I think, well, the consumers are doing what they want to do. I mean, with the beauty of it, this is the consumer's time because right now, if you're not giving the consumer what they want, they're turning they're turning you out. They're turning off these me like if you look at print, like the way print magazines, uh, print newspapers have have uh, shut down. You saw borders, um, you know, shut down. Um, if you're not keeping up with the consumer, because you know now even with these artists, I mean, if you putting out a whack CD with 15 songs on it, and people only want one, they're now able to buy that one song, you know, and they only have to buy it, really. I mean, it's all types of ways for them to get it. So the consumer is really in control. This is why it's in, that artist has to connect with that audience. Everybody's really trying to, you know, give it to the artist. That means the the, lab, the labels, the the, uh, the you know, the, the companies don't really care about the artist. I mean, that's no secret. They're in it to make money. So it's on that artist, and the smart artists are doing it. That's why, you know, they're collaborating. That's why they're out doing the mixtapes to help sell their own stuff. I mean, something that, you know, um, P.E. did back, you know, Chuck D. did that back, you know, in the 80s, Prince. You know, we've seen other artists do it. Um, the consumer is able to use the social media to set up their own um, record station. They can set up their own record station. They can use, you know, all types of tools from Pandora to other things to set up, you know, to, and hear what they want to hear. Um, go on, you know, the various video channels, watch what they want to watch. Um, so you can't fool the consumer. And that's why it's a big challenge for a lot of the um, the labels and for the artists because now the consumer is able to uh, really share what they want, and particularly in these niches. This is why you can go to some of these events, like you mentioned, Spoken Word, some of these other, you know, um, um, events that are going on, and it's a mad, you know, big audience there, but... It's only the people who really know about it. They're able to push it underground, so the consumer they're able to get their music, um, and that's why I think the the record industry is suffering because you know a lot of people aren't just buying the 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 the, the mass um, you know garbage really that they put out, and so people and so what is what is forcing people to do? Uh, well, well they they haven't really figured it out, which is why they're losing money. I mean, bottom line, that's why the industry is losing money like it is. Because consumers have more power, and I and I think they should get more power. They need to keep pushing it, just not just in music, but in other retail products. Start doing the same thing. Okay. Well, let me bring Jim back on. Jim, sometimes I, I I just mute you for background stuff, but go ahead, Jim. You have something to say? <laughs> yeah, uh, Norm, as a marketing expert that you are, let us tap into uh, uh, your brain here for a second. If you can give some advice to some of the young and upcoming uh, artists in terms of how they can use technology to uh, market and themselves some of the basic steps that uh, independent artists or, or artists should look at. I know when we talked, you gave me some good advice as to 
how to be able to give out a basic uh, uh, text two number with your artist's name and immediately just be uh, lock in the uh, the consumer or the fan base into a, a database that you can now recap into. So if you can just kind of tell our listening audience some of the basic things with technology on the technological technology side that they can do to expand their base and their reach as a new artist. Yeah, one of the one of the basic things um I would say they should do is definitely go to a service um that I that I use called um Textcard, which is on T X T C A R D dot net. Um I don't I don't get any royalties off of that, but you know, it's just good information. <laughs> but go to Textcard dot net and set up your, your like a free account there because what that allows you to do is to share your information without a it's an electronic business card is basically what it is. So often um if you want to you know you don't want to carry business cards, you want to get people your information, you can go to text card and you can set up the information that you want people to have. So if you have a website that you want them to have, you want them to have a certain phone number, you know, you can put you can you program it. So you set up your you know, your name, your website, um you know, if you have a, um, you know, maybe you have a, a number that plays one of your songs, you can put that in there. And what happens is when you are then introduced at an event or you're performing and you want to give out your information, you can say to people, send a text message. And mine is like uh, Norm Bond. So I say to people, text Norm Bond to 20757. And I'll do that sometimes when I start like a presentation. And when people, you know, send the text, they get back all of my information, my phone number, my website, you know, my blog. And I don't have to, you know, get them business cards. And it goes right into their phone. So, you know, so so that's one tool that I think is good because even though a lot of artists might be on, um, you know, Facebook or, or Twitter or what you name it, you want to pull your audience off to your platform. You want to you want to engage with them in something that you can control because you don't own Facebook. You know, as we see with all these changes that Facebook consistently makes, you know, you can't control that, but you can control your own website. I think, the um, you know, so that's one tool um, that I, I definitely, you know, recommend people. I, I also would recommend, that um, you know, any artist have some type of way of of sharing uh, their music. You know, whether that's SoundCloud or you know, there's a ton of them. You know, that are out there. You know, that that folks can use, which will allow you to share your music with your audience, and then also give people you know a chance to um, to buy it. So whether I mean, you use there's one Bandcamp.com. Um, yeah, Bandcamp you know, is the main one right now. Is, well, Main, okay. Bandcamp is one of the best ones because an artist gets mo- the most money from Bandcamp. Other people take yes, larger percentages, and Bandcamp. There's nothing between Bandcamp and the artist, you know. And okay. they, I think, they only take like maybe fifteen percent or something. So artists get a um, a large return from Bandcamp, and you know, and that's all they do. They put your music up, okay. let you put your catalog. And um, they got a big, you know, they have a lot of artists there, and um, it's just simple. So it doesn't stop you um, from doing iTunes, but what you want to do is get yourself a Bandcamp page and, again, direct your traffic, unless you want to set up your own e-commerce and do your own, you know, drop ship. 
you can just set up your own band camp page and you can sell your music merchandise. You can sell digital as well as hard copy from there. And they take the lowest percentage. And um, so you want to direct most of your traffic there. But, of course, you still need to make sure that you put your music out on iTunes, still do your digital distribution, if nothing else, for SEO. It's good to say there are still a lot of people who love iTunes, who love Amazon, and those are two of the um, preferred methods of purchasing music. You want to be there. You want to be on Pandora. You want to be on um there are a few other ones where with streaming where you can get paid every time your music streams, not just when somebody buys it. So, um you know, do your digital distribution well, but as you stated, just always work you know, have a website, have your own gateway and just bring everybody to that one home and then they can once they're there they can venture out. The other one I would I would mention to people is YouTube. I think obviously um uh, you know, YouTube gives you the video element. I mean, there's others, of course, but YouTube right now, because since it's a part of Google, I mean, it's tying a lot of things together. Uh, but mm-hmm. also, um, big numbers that we know when um, Soldier Boy, when he his video um, has a, over 120 million views. Last time I looked for um, uh, Crank That, I mean, that that thing went crazy. And, and he was a great artist in terms of using technology to get his name out. I mean, most people had never heard of the guy, you know, and and I remember um, you know, when you know, 5 years ago, you know, who would have known, you know, this kid was, you know, going to come out and and do what he did and and so but he he has used all of that um all of the technology in terms of views and people, you know, debate his music and all that, but from a technology point of view, he's great. And I last thing I was I interviewed um uh, Master P and Master P was saying um, pretty much the same thing that if you have a hot song out right now, you know people can buy it from you, you know, and it's not like so. Whereas people used to have to pursue the deal, right now if you you know you, with if you got the song, you got the talent, using these various platforms that, that we've mentioned, um, you know, connecting with your audience, setting up the distribution channel. There's, you know, you can do it, and if you can't do it as an artist, I would say the other thing is to build your team. Then connect with, you know, connect with the Urban Tech Fair. You know, connect with some artists that are doing it. Connect with me. Connect with people who can help round you out. Because I know sometimes I've talked to artists, and they'll say, well, you know, I don't like to deal with the suits. I don't like to, you know, I like to do my music. I just want to be in a studio, whatever. Then get some people in your team who you can trust, who can help give you and round out you your business side because whether you get it or not, it's still a business. So that's what I would share. But those tools set up your you know, get you a blog even. You know, way to share your music, you know, blog, connect with your audience, certainly be on Facebook, you know, um, you know, even check take another look at MySpace because MySpace has been offering some new things that I know some people, you know, still using MySpace so you might even yeah, want to take another look are. at that. Mhm. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Norm, you know, everything you said. And I think the key point, and this is one of the points um, we were told, um, Kelvin Tom, and he does have, he's the head of the communications. The key thing, though, I really want to tell artists is to get your own portal. You can get free web pages. Wix.com is a great one. And WordPress or Blogspot. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the blogs mm-hmm. and all. Just get your own, if you, if, even if it's just one page. But on that one page, just like Reverb Nation do, people come to Reverb Nation and they got, you know, you have your Facebook and all of those, but you want to do it where it's yours. Own your domain right. name. I have a um, blog that I wrote, you know, have them say your name, say your name. Ain't nothing like somebody calling out your name. <laughs> but don't right. Before name. somebody else takes it. Before somebody else takes yes. it from you. Because there was it's some real artists estate. and people it's who have real take, you know, used to take their name. So if you ask yeah. me, right. You want to own your name. But I think at the name. end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Jackie, you know, what we're saying is, um, you know, connect with your audience and put those tools in place with no, no matter yeah. which one you use. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they do that. Then they can grow because if you build your audience and even like your email list, well, on your website you have a a sign in thing where people can even just drop in their email and their name, mm-hmm. build your list, you know. Yeah, because and only that have like we have mainly around. one place that they can go. It keeps it from being real confusing. You got right. one main place, but then that that place where they come to you, then they can go at all those other places. So you want to be on there because they do give you good SEO. You want to be on those places, but you want to bring everybody to you. And as you state, you have to um, you want to do your email marketing. So just have to sign up for your email list. That way you're capturing data because that's the one thing Facebook can't do for you. And even Reverb Nation, if they come to those pages, you don't. You can have a five thousand friends, and you don't really have anybody's email. You don't really have it to, like on Facebook. You don't have a direct way to blast those people. So, you want to really work at capturing emails. So, um, what do you say about all of that, Serenity? Um, you, I agree with both of you. Uh, Norm is uh, right on all aspects. You have to put yourself out there. You have to know your audience. Um, If they don't know you exist, then they can't purchase your music. They can't uh, read up on you. There's so many free ways of doing it. You know, like you said, Jack, on all these different sites that they can go ahead, Wix and WordPress, you can put up a a website or put out a video on YouTube. You can do things now. It's, It's so easy that you can do a video on your phone and upload it straight to YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you get subscribers, subscribers to go straight to their emails and um, things like that. Also, when you do hand-to-hand sales, uh, get their information. A lot of times artists will just try to shove their CD down somebody's throat rather than uh, letting them connect with you as a person, and then they're more likely to follow you or want to purchase your things in the future. Or whatnot. So, you know, all of those things that both of you said were great tools, I couldn't have said it better. Well, what about yeah, even the RSS feed is another basic one. I mean, I, like you mentioned, Jack, your iTunes. But as an artist, I would think you know if you have the people they want to connect to you, and if you even if you set up an RSS feed where once a week, you know, you sent them, you know, just a little. Um, you know, it could be part of a song. You know what I mean? But it, it allows for engagement. That's what we're talking about, engagement to really get those fans, particularly if you're an independent artist, you know what I mean, and you don't have the muscle of a of a label behind you. But last, but even but if you build it as an independent artist, the labels are going to follow you anyway. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and you can make better deals when you come to the table. Well, Serenity, you know what I wanted to ask you about, the part, the show part. 
because that's one thing we talk about online and all, but you know it's really important for artists to perform, and you are always putting together shows. So, um, you know, yeah, can you, you talk about that? You have to perform, one, for the experience, because it's not easy to just get on stage and actually perform while you're singing or rapping or whatever it is that, that, that you do. So you have to practice. Um, so doing these shows uh, allows you for that practice. Also, it gives you the workout that you need to build up your um, your breathing. Um, also, when you support other people and local things, they support you back. Like if they have certain connections or whatnot and you show up and you're always professional, you're on time, you give a great performance, you know, these people will – reach out to you. They will give you paid opportunities to do things because you've earned it. Um, also, it's a way of um, building new fans and supporters. Like, I've never done a show where I didn't walk away with a new contact. You know, sometimes even if um, you get somebody a CD and they listen to it, they just might not get the feel of you and of your music like they would when you give a live performance because then you connect completely with the audience, you know, it shows them a different side of you. So um, also, and then w- what I did was, since a lot of showcases weren't set up right, I started doing my own. I uh, felt like, well, why am I paying this guy or this uh, woman $500 to perform in their show when I can just use the contacts that I have and set up uh, showcases where, one, I give other artists uh, a chance to showcase themselves, bring out executives and give some prizes that uh, they can actually utilize in their career. Yes. Last one of them. I always do a set. You know, why, mm-hmm. why not? And she does. She, I have to admit, she has. I haven't attended, but just to, that's what really connected me to Serenity is the quality of her showcase, what she offers. I was like, ooh, this woman offering real things. I mean, something as simple as, and it only costs you $10 to submit your music to have the DJ play your music during the show. Yeah, I mean, we opportunities have a like lot of that. people at our events. We have executives, you know, uh, Young Money, uh, Universal, different people are always there, press. Uh, even people that have, like, photography uh, studios and um, cameras and shoot videos and stuff, you need all these things. You need a network and you need different people for possibly the same services because you can't overload everybody that you work with. So you have to expand your network. Network, network, network. You have to know as many people as possible, especially when you're looking for consumers. You know, the more people you reach, uh, the higher your chances of finding new clients and new consumers. All righty. I have one more question for you um, guys, and we're going to close out. But the next thing is, and this is also for you, Normie and Serenity, is identifying that market. Sometimes, like I've found with some artists I work with, there was just an assumption, just like, say, Hezekiah. He's a hip-hop artist. The assumption was he's a hip-hop artist, you know, hip-hop crowd, generally thinking like 18 to 25, maybe 30. But when I went putting music on Django and different other places, I started looking at the analytics. And that's another thing, social media gives you great analytics. 
YouTube great analytics. It will tell you how long a person actually stay on your videos. You will know which ones are interesting people. You'll know what keywords that attracts, all of those type of things. But I realized through Django that he was really hitting a crowd that was like 30 to 45. It was hip-hop, but it was a older crowd. So one thing we realized right then, oh, we're going after the wrong people. So now because we learned that, you get to, you know, kind of shift your focus to your consumer. So that's the one question I would like to ask, you know, you first you serenity, then you norm. How does the um, artist um, really realize who their, you know, music is, you know, touching? How do they understand those demographics? Um. Well, how I found what my audience was, and, you know, to be honest, sometimes I'm still not sure because depending on the songs that I put out, um, different people relate to them. But overall, I found my audience from doing a lot of shows. And you would see who come up to you and what they say. Um, when you put things online and people comment, and things, you have to get the feedback. Leave yourself open so that people feel comfortable giving you the feedback because you need it. And uh, it, it really helped me to figure out who my audience was because the same type of individuals will come up to me and pretty much uh, have the same comment about the song or about the performance. So I, I started to notice a pattern that way. All right. Norm? Yeah, I would say um, the analytics are awesome. Um and one of the things I noticed in uh with just uh in in marketing in general that because of the uh analytics that you can get from uh, a lot of this technology it's changed the game of even advertising where you know you used to run a print ad you didn't know who saw it you didn't know you know what used to be saying about fifty percent of your money was bad in advertising you just didn't know which fifty percent so you just have to keep spending now with you know click throughs and you know the the detail geo-targeting, you can target people by geography, Um, you know, you can get so much better. The only way to me to find that out is you got to test. I mean, and and, um, so you got to get out there, you know, as Randy mentioned, you got to get out there and you got to capture data. I mean, I go to events um, and it's, you know, it's amazing sometimes that people miss, like, easy opportunities to get data. Like, you know, just have people sign in, like leave a sign-in sheet or, or business card drop. Or you know get you know now with iPad you know register them in you can do Eventbrite capture people's data because then you can survey people you can um, you know you can incentivize people you tie in a sponsor you can do your own giveaways to your audience so you have to test because sometimes like what you put out may not be received by the marketplace as uh in as strong a fashion as you thought and so you might like put out different versions you know or you know or try different parts of the country uh and even and now we're in a global economy so really everything is global now so you know the internet opens it up so so you could you may find a bigger audience if you're looking at the analytics like you said from your website and you uh on your website you can see where your traffic is coming from you might find out that you got a bigger audience in the UK than you mm-hmm. realize, and that might make sense for you. But you won't know that if you don't uh-huh. have your own website and are able to capture that data. Yeah. So, well, that's my one advice. That was one thing I happened to run up on accidentally. But um, 
and um, especially for hip hop artists and a lot of music. American music is loved overseas, and I'm telling you, I just got did series interviews with Hezekiah. He is he's Philly. He's done the roots. Everybody there, and we got a lovely artist community. He said he don't make no money in Philly. Most of his money, and he earns his living as a musician and an artist, but most of his money comes from the internet. So if you really, you know, focus and streamline, um, and a lot of deals, distribution deals and things come from Germany. Um, He was a raucous artist, so he toured with them. But I think because he toured with them, I don't think he realized how much he has a huge following he has from Warsaw. But he Mm -hmm. did a tour, and it's like those people still follow him. They listen to his music, and... um, so you really need to um, just start looking at that. Even if it sometimes means you have to put you put an ad out. It's, it's inexpensive. You can take twenty five dollars and do an ad on Facebook or MySpace or YouTube. But you know, take some dollars and test it, and yep. you will, and but, it'll give you the analytics you need to kind of see who are the people that are actually responding. You know, also there, there's a new wave. Too, uh, that artists can do, and it's very inexpensive. Download cards is the next new way. Yeah. People are not really buying CDs. Honestly, they've been out a long time. <laughs> We're just getting to it in our community, but go ahead. And it's, it's, uh, it's very inexpensive. $59, you can get 100 download cards. Where mm-hmm. One, let's say, even if you're at an event and you want to sell your CD, most people don't even want to buy it just because they don't want to carry it. This is something that they can just put in their pocket, and when they get home, download the album, artwork, everything like that, and and it'll be a lot easier and a lot cheaper uh, to go and, that way. Another good thing about download cards is when they download that, that's recorded as a sale with SoundScan. Yes, yes, it is. So, and that's important and when it comes to negotiating at the table how many sales. So, you know, if you really can do that when you do shows or do the download cards, that really, you know, um, you always have some CDs. Everybody's still not on the Internet and all, but it is helpful um, in order to be able to, you know, actually prove how how much music you sold. So um, this has been a great conversation, everyone. We've stopped streaming live, but... um, (laughs) You know, everybody on the uh, all the callers on the line can still hear us, and um, of course, when they do the on demand or download the show on iTunes, they can listen to the whole show. So, what I'm going to do, um, we're going to do our closeout, um, and I want you. The two things I want you each to do is to let us not just let people know how to connect with you, but let them know how they can do business with you. You know, if I go to Norm Bond, how do I do business with him? What can Norm Bond do? You know, I will go to Norm Bond 4. I will go to Serenity 4, you know, so people are clear how they can do business with you, whether they do it directly or they refer someone. And, um, you know, after that, just give us, you know, you got 30 seconds and the whole world listening. Give us a, a piece of wisdom. And we're going to close out with you, Jim. So, um, Norm, you start, then you, Serenity, and then we'll close out with Jim. 
Okay, and again, thanks everyone, and really appreciate everybody listening and calling, um, tweeting and whatnot. Um, in terms of uh, doing business with me, you can go to my website, normbond.com. You'll see um, products that I have there. I have some information products, um, which are you know e-books that you can get uh, to introduce you to uh, everything from Facebook, Twitter, other areas of social media. In addition to that, um, I am a speaker. You can find information about speaker booking on my website, and also I consult. You can find information about consulting. And one thing on the consulting side, um, I have that a lot of um, people are getting involved with is uh, I set up a monthly, uh, it's like twenty nine ninety five a month, um, where so it's a fixed budget which teaches you how to market. You can find that on my normbymarket.com site. It's a membership, and you'll get like different information each month, new products, new tools, and I do a group coaching session with all of the people there, so they can ask me, you know, one on one questions. Uh, we do a live. Um, uh, call as well as a webinar, you know, once a month where they can get to ask questions. So those are some of the ways. Uh, again, it's all on my website at normbond.com. Okay. And, and give um, right, right before you, Serenity, um, Norm, you got 30 seconds in the whole world listening. Give us some wisdom. Well, the wisdom I would give is to uh, act local, market global, uh, know who you are, be authentic to that, and find a way to tell your story, you know, and, and, and if you're in it to make money then monetize it. Uh, this is a great time. It's 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 a historic time, um, you know, with technology, uh, with this urban tech fair. You can never, we've never been able to connect with people around the globe. So think bigger. Like, you know, think, I mean, you should be on Skype and, and you can video conference. I was in India a month ago, and you can, you know, I was on doing a conference call from India with folks in Philly. So, I mean, the world is really has never been closer. Take advantage of that um, and use that to get your passion out there. All of us has a purpose, as was mentioned earlier. Um, live your purpose, you know, and use the technology to help you uh, do that as a tool and see how you can help other people. All righty. Okay. Well, first I want to say, you know, thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you to everyone that called up, is listening. Um, Norm, I would love to work with you. We will definitely do that in the near future. Um, well, like I said, if you Google Serenity, a.k.a. CDB, you will find everything about me. Uh, my company is a one-stop shop for branding. We can get you anything you can think of that you need. We can, we will also do consultation with you to let you know what you do need so that you're not wasting money on uh, things that uh, is not necessary. Uh, also, you'll find all the information to contact me about youth mentoring, public speaking, ex-offender reentry, uh, performances, event planning, and also we have a sector of our company where we provide business contracts uh, geared towards whatever uh, project that is that you're working on at this point in time. Uh, my 30 seconds of wisdom Believe in yourself. At the end of the day, if you want somebody to believe in you, it has to start with you. Uh, how do you expect somebody else to see something that you don't even see in yourself? Uh, like Norm said, you do have a purpose. Live it out. Um, yeah, you just believe in yourself. And if it's in you to do it, do it. Don't let anybody stop you. You know, you can achieve whatever it is that you want as long as you do the work. <laughs> 
All right. Well, Jim, you want to close us out? Okay. Well, first, uh, I'd like to thank our guest. This is another prime example of what we say, what we mean when we say discovering Silicon Valley in your own backyard. If Silicon Valley is about the spirit of innovation and entrepreneurship, both Serenity and Norm Bond are both community leaders, community activists, and come from the hood. They're right there in your own backyard, and there are thousands of people like that across the country. And as we tour with the urban tech there, we're going to be highlighting the resources, the opportunities, and the businesses that exist in your own backyard. So we want to thank all the listeners. We want to thank our guests. And we want to have you to reach out to your friends and tell them about our new channel. We will be coming back to two more fantastic guests for you to hear and tell everybody about the urban sector, the southern Silicon Valley in your own backyard. All right. And our new newsletter is out. And to let everyone know, I just started us a little store. Until we get everything together, you can support us. By going to our store, it's at zazzle.com forward slash urban tech fair. We just put up a fly new shirt, fitted tee for the ladies, and then we got a polo shirt for the men. Got to get more stuff up later and a nice iPad case. So go support us. And this is Master Grill Radio, and we speak for everyone. Peace and love.